Transmission Show after our long show, man. Oh, my accent is weird. Oh, November 22nd, 2023. Oh, it's the night before Thanksgiving. You mean, you know what that means? It's a fucking party time. Uh, oh, my goodness. How are you doing? How have you been? Um, Still kind of jet lagged. I just got back the time I recorded this. I, you know, it's been less than 24 hours since I... I uh, returned from uh, Stockholm, Sweden, uh, which I'm going to talk about a little bit. Um, but, uh, oh my god, the, 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 the return trip has been a pain in the ass to get back here. Um, but it's not as bad as it could have been. So, I flew from Detroit to um, Amsterdam and Amsterdam to Stockholm. That was fine. It's just that my main concern was like Amsterdam not being familiar with the airport at all. Europe in general, not familiar whatsoever. I was worried. So I was like pre-gaming, like studying a lot on how to transfer between the uh, the gates. And then like, you know, you see Delta or so United or something. They give you, oh, 90 minutes, 50 minutes. And I'm like, dude, dude, dude. My advice, give at least yourself two hours and 20 minutes between transfers. Even if the airplanes and airports know, um, that gives you peace of mind. So in this one, I said I'm going to go through Amsterdam uh, so I can pick up the Amsterdam Starbucks mugs and the Netherlands one. And on the way back, I'll come through Paris, which I'm going to talk about a little bit. And I it ended up being I took a later night flight. So I left at like 6 p.m., landed in Amsterdam like uh, 8 in the morning. We arrived like half an hour early, like 7.30 or something. And then, uh, you know, I found, hurried my way to find the Starbucks after doing the quick customs for the EU. Uh, and then I ended up having way more time than I realized, like, because my flight leaving Amsterdam to Stockholm uh, airport was like 10.45. So I was like, all right, I got like two and a half hours to kill. So I ended up in a lounge and then got to chill a little bit, which was pretty nice. Uh, and then the same problem in Europe as like in America, everybody wants to get in the goddamn lounge. And then I saw a line and then some people were getting turned away because, but then apparently it was okay. I was like, it's membership only. So I had the priority pass. So I just like, all right, go with it. And then, uh, yeah, the flight from, uh, Amsterdam to Stockholm, smooth KLM. Don't speak no Dutch. Most delicious airplane sandwich I have ever had. <laughs> It was really good. I was like fucking impressed. Um, and then, uh, yeah, no. And then the 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 the, the Stockholm and everything was interesting. But um, on the way back, just on the travel side of it, uh, I was supposed to come back from uh, Stockholm to Paris. I wanted to get the Paris out of the way because I have the Paris and the France mugs. But in order, if you don't know, for the reminder, in order for the Starbucks mugs that I have to be declared, I was there. And then, you know, all that you are here series. I need to at least step on the soil of it. And yeah. So uh, anyways, so and then I said, I'm going to step through the CDG airport just to say I've been to Paris at that moment and the France. And holy shit, you know, Paris airport has been like, uh <laughs> infamous for being a shit show of a transfer airport of Europe because it's either I think it's like either uh, Amsterdam or CDG or I think maybe like Frankfurt or something if you have United you know that kind of deal Star Alliance people and then uh yeah no it's just uh <laughs> and, and then we got there and then the fucking thing was that 
I went. So I had a 6 a.m. flight from Stockholm to Paris, and then like I gave myself like at least I think hour and a half, a little shorter than the usual. Um, but I said, dude, I don't need to go stop by the Starbucks or do any of that nonsense. I just need to go straight to the gate. And CDG is even more complex than fucking Amsterdam. I'm trying to get between the terminals. But once you get a hang of it and just follow the arrows, it's not so bad. It just takes time. Because I didn't also know that once you get into Paris, uh, they also check you, even especially like coming into France. So you do go through the passport check, even though you're within the EU region. And that takes a little bit of a time. And in Paris, uh, I had trouble find. You know, I had trouble because everybody who didn't have a EU pass had a problem Monday. It was a shit show over there. Uh, number one, the automated robot, I guess, that checks your passport and identity, the little face scanning thing it does, it fucking died. So like only like two machines were working, and one were down to one. Had to reboot it again. Started working. And then it took forever to scan faces, and I just go Europa technology. What the fuck? So that's one. Number two, right before I got on the flight in Stockholm, I was lucky because I didn't see an email saying that, hey, your flight's been changed or canceled, maybe because I reacted so fast to it. So I got to the, I didn't sleep uh, Sunday, Monday morning at this point, uh, Sunday night, because uh, I had a 6 a.m. flight. Couldn't check in online, so I said, I'm going to go to the airport early, three hours ahead, just to be safe. So I got there, like, just before, just after 3 a.m., took an Uber. Um, and then we didn't need a human counter. The kiosk just worked great, so, and then I security opened at 4 a.m. As soon as they opened, I walked through. Nobody was there. I found the comfortable seating, and I just go, wow, I can just sit here and chill for an hour and a half when they board at, like, 5.30 or something. And then I was scrolling through my phone, fucking 4, 10 in the morning. And I was on the Delta app just to see what gate I'm supposed to go to. Because I couldn't check in, even on there. It says, your flight's been canceled from Paris to Detroit. I was like, is this a fucking joke? And then I go to Flight Aware and all these other things. And it turned out it was. And the reason for the cancellation was the Air, air Traffic Control Union in Paris, uh, was on a fucking weird strike. It was not a full strike because apparently they made a deal saying that, look, we will not have a full protest until after the 2024 Paris Olympics next summer. But they still want to do a partial strike. So apparently, uh, by the time you hear this, a week prior, they said they're going to strike Sunday, Monday. Monday, mostly. So... The fucking traffic control was a mess where, like, ah, they don't know where to route and taxi fucking planes that fucking Monday morning. And then we were the first flight out and probably coming in that day. And then they said, ah, yeah, your flight's canceled. And then because of that, there's a lot of delays and logistics nightmare that's been happening. And the fuckery is that for some fucking reason, the only flight in and out uh, you know, states to Paris that was canceled. The other ones like Philly and others are just delayed was Detroit. And I was extra fucking mad about this because it's like, excuse me, out of all the American cities you could have picked for the route that was targeted for cancellation, you picked the city with a fucking French name. How, what kind of fucking morons are you? You know, I'm for the workers' rights. 
Hollywood strike, UAW, casino worker strike here in here in Detroit. But what the fuck? And then what the fuck kind of strike is it? And then to a point where the Air France gentleman, the flight attendant, made fun of themselves and just like rolling his eyes basically. I just could hear through his French accented voice. It was just like it, it I guess, you know, they want to be number one at uh, striking so they're on a strike and I go what the fuck are these people and then like you know so anyways I was affected by it so I had to reroute I couldn't find the one connection one at that point it's just like like there's no other Paris to Detroit because I think the next flight in the afternoon was already taken all full so I had to take the two stop or I had to get out of the Stockholm airport come back and do the Amsterdam route again but the next day so I said, fuck this. And then I quickly just you could have picked a bunch of other ones, but I wanted to kind of give a gap of like two and a half hours between each stop. I had to make another stop after Paris at this point. So I ended up picking Paris to Logan, Boston, uh, and then from Boston to Detroit. At least, you know, that one seemed to have some time gap that was like two and a half hours each at least. Uh, from Paris to Boston and Boston to Detroit. In case something happens, it gave enough ample time. And there was no cost difference on my end, so I said, fuck it, take it. And another problem that I ran into was I couldn't check in either again. And then the I tried to sort it out with the Air France uh, counter, which I I knew it was a long shot because uh, when, when I got to Paris, that, was, that became a Delta flight. Um, so I had to find the Delta agent and there's no Delta agent in Stockholm. So they, what they basically said was, all right, we'll print, we'll print the boarding pass, but like, you'll have to get a seat assigned at the gate here. So, but then the gates also kept changing with the fuckery that was going on at that airport in Paris. Um, so yeah, that was it. That was it. Oh, wait, I got to come back. Uh, power of magic of the pause. magic of the edit i'm back um <laughs> so yeah boston i made it home you know get relatively speaking and you know, i just go six hour delay on what could have been a disastrous one day delay on a flight back it wasn't so horrible i think i'm very fortunate because i happened to be on the app so early so i was able to change it on the fly but oh my god just getting between the terminals just figuring it out on the spot keep convincing a foreign airport staff that look I have a I do have a book I just don't have a seat that's why I don't have a boarding pass between the borders and between the transfer sections going through that was a pain in the ass but I calmly explain and they just like all right and then put the trust in me I don't look like a fucking terrorist although this is a second time I got I got flagged up when I uh, landed in Europe like in this case Amsterdam this happened when I was in Munich too I get picked up you know, for random search, because I guess I was a single lone wolf traveling, single Asian person traveling. And then they suspected, excuse me, can we look at the package that happened in Munich when I was there seven years ago? And then that happened in Amsterdam. And I was like, oh, where are you going? Where are you going, sir? And I was like, uh, I'm going to a hockey game in Stockholm. Hockey. Oh, you know, all that shit. And I was just like, I'm just chill with it. I just have a windbag ass duffel bag. And I, I, that was, that was kind of a mistake now I think about it. But the fact that I didn't have a checked luggage with the complexity of the travel that came in, I was like, do you have a luggage? And then like 
had to go retrieve it or something. You know, thinking it through, it's not so bad. <laughs> it wasn't so bad. All right, so quickly, I want to talk about the Stockholm. Very interesting city. I had no idea. I'm not a Europa or anything, but I learned, you know, a bit about, not a lot, but a bit about um, just the history of Sweden. And then the, I don't know, their beef with Denmark. Uh, I knew about the Norway and Finland. Norway especially because if I remember right, I think there was a time where Sweden, the Kingdom of Sweden and Kingdom of Norway, both is still a parliamentary monarch, if I remember right, if that's a term, something along that line. They wanted to, I guess, try to merge, you know, in the late 19th century, but they didn't. You know, and then I, my understanding was the Swedish people got fucked, you know, they got fucked over hugely in the natural resources because, you know, 20th century comes around and Norway became a fucking oil nation. And Sweden, all they got to show for it is IKEA or IKEA and the motherfucking iron. Iron, iron everywhere. This is our export. This is why Germany loved us from the very beginning, long, long time ago. That's why there's a lot of German influence in Sweden also, which is quite fascinating. And then Sweden during World War II, the policy of neutrality, you know? And then you go, yeah, what happened to these Nordic countries during World War II? And then it's just like, all right, we're more worried about the, you know, the uh, Russian Empire and the Soviet Union with Finland being on the border, blah, blah, blah. You know, so they took the position of neutrality with Nazi Germany, which looking back was probably not the best idea, but also like that was what they thought was a practical thing to do. And I just go like, you know what, at least they own up to it to that extent, you know, and, but then I, they also got fucking screwed out of the oil thing like Norway and then in the Denmark with the history that they got with the Danish people. And then the IKEA has all these like rugs and things, which I will have to look up. But, like, a lot of the names, if you see them, like, the shitty material, the cheap shit that Ikea makes are named after Danish things. So, it's a little petty. It's not, like, fucking bloodbath like Korea, Japan, like now, I guess. But in the soccer games or the football, it is. You know, that and a lot of, you know, food, culture, city. I mean, it's just the advanced version of another European nation that you've been to. And uh, sales tax is, like, 37% or some shit. The income tax didn't seem so horrible. Like, I think the richest, you know, get taxed at like 61%. And then I found it fascinating that the Stockholm, at least Stockholm, the city controls the heat. It's a large, like, centralized heating. And they don't have air conditioning. It's Europe. Come on. But I just go like, and then the, even the tour guide is like, do you think that's a government overreach? And I'm like, yeah, I like I, I like free markets, you know, cap, free capital capitalism and then they do have that but it's like it's it's still way the country and the city has been put together it's a huge amount of like collectivist socialist democrat while it has its advantages the affordability problem still persists in a developed nation like this and a you know major city like stockholm which i found fascinating and then i just sighed and said another one you know, I saw this in Sydney, Melbourne, any other large city in America, Toronto, Korea, now Stockholm. And I just go, is this really affordable? And then they're not making big ass money in Europe like we do in America. And then I just go, yeah. And, you know, Spotify is from Sweden. And then I just go, yes, many things are from Sweden. But I also kind of go like it's a different culture, different mindset, which is 
good and also if you look at it bad in certain ways, right? And then you know, and then it's a pretty diversity more than you realize. You know, if you look at all the soccer players or hockey players like Johnny Oduya, Slatan Ibrahimovic, they're not like your traditional Viking Swedes that you thought of. And then you know, and then what what are the other Swedes? Abba, you think about fucking IKEA, the Skarsgård, the actors, the you know, all those. I just go like, yeah, Alicia Vikander, the one that played the Tomb Raider. You know, I just go, it's it's fascinating. At the same time, I just go like. It's a place. Um, I, don't, <coughs> I don't think I have time to talk about the hockey game and all that. You know, it was fun seeing, oh, Avicii, Avicii Arena for the namesake of it. You know, Arena was like tiny and cozy, but uh, it's still a 13,000 seat arena. So it's, I guess it's kind of like the Winnipeg arena size. But, uh, you know, Globe and a lot of Swedish people that are Leafs fans and Wings fans, you know, the long history with the hockey there. You know, it was, a, it was great. I didn't get to see, like, the art museum or, like, the historic museum other than the Vasa and whatnot. I definitely want to check it out next time. I definitely want to go back, and then I definitely want to check out remote parts of Sweden. You know, just go see the Volvo and Saab Museum or even the IKEA Museum. But those are more closer to Denmark, which means, like, oh, then I get to go to Denmark and then, like, other places. This is going to be fascinating. And Europe, it's it, and then it's more accessible with the fucking, um, you know, the transportation that they got, which is better than nothing. You know, is it absolutely the cleanest that I've seen in my life? Hell no. Sydney was cleaner, I will say. But, and then newer. But that said, it's more practicality. But goddamn, the sunlight is just unbelievably low. And I just, I just go, yeah, I see why the suicide rate is high. And also, like, you know, girls with dragon tattoo and all that came from there. Oh, God, it, the weather can be rough. And then it's just November. It's just like when you, and then I just go, hey, dude, how, what's it going to be like when we get to like the winter solstice a month from now, like December 20th? How bad is it going to be, you know? Because uh, like when I was there, I think I, I saw sunlight once on Sunday, and that was very brief for like two hours from like 11 to 2 o'clock. I brought my sunglasses, but I thought it was fucking stupid in the winter. I looked like a fucking tourist. What I realized is that many of these people just soak in the vitamin D with the sunlight that they get right directly into their eyes. And, you know, just like, hey, live their day. That means I'm also curious how long the sun is during the summer, which means they're out and about all day and then like fucking party hard. And Swedish people are not like German people. You know, they're very self-deprecating. They're very direct, the language, how they speak, how they take order, you know, that kind of thing. It was really cool. And then I, I really, I, I can really see the candor and then the honesty and the directness from the people, you know, about talking about their neighboring countries, the city itself, blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I like it. I like their style. They're different from Germans. But this is this is what makes Europe fascinating. And also, find they find America fascinating and the other. If you see a country like Sweden and they're like, gee, we got to all move together like fighting during the Viking times or something. But in America, individualism and all that is fascinating in its own way. Although it gets out of hand way too much. And then, you know, it's the checks and balances of things, right? So anyways, I'm going to leave it there. That was a shit show of an adventure. But uh, I need to go get some rest. And then uh, I need to adjust my jet lag here. And uh, we'll see you after the American Thanksgiving, Black Friday, and all that. Cyber Monday and all that shit. All right. Have a great rest of the week. Happy early Thanksgiving. And uh, we'll see you next week. Peace out. <laughs>